Welcome to Truth Talk, a podcast where we seek to answer questions and unravel biblical mysteries that cannot be discussed during a traditional church service. This podcast is a partnership of Antioch Baptist and Isabella Baptist Churches. Welcome to Episode 2, where our hosts discuss viewing biblical events within historical events, also learning from Daniel, and how sharing God is out of love. So join us and let's talk truth. Welcome back to uh, Episode 2, and uh, it's funny, we were trying to decide, um, Dale, our executive producer, was trying to decide what were we going to call these sessions or whatever we just decided to go with episodes that that's kind of the culture that we live in so this is our second episode of our new um show which is truth talk which is all about trying to dig into what we're learning um here at at our churches what we're learning about how to apply the bible to our lives and when we hear something or see something that maybe we need to expound upon or have someone expound upon for us this is our opportunity to do so so uh, we will get back into it, but we have a couple of guests joining us tonight. So, Brother Bruce, you want to lead us well, into these? Well, it was our vision to uh, include others as we did this. Uh, we're not islands to ourselves. And, of course, I talked with Jason as I began and asked him if he wanted us to join with us. They're not guests. They're part of what we're doing. And uh, asked him if he would want to do so and if he would uh, get someone from his church that sort of to be the counterpart to what you're doing for us. And he, he, he uh, cast around, and I think he has talked Laney into doing <laughs> some of it, and she didn't find that out till recently. And, uh, and so uh, we, we've, uh, we, we, we need as many ideas as we can get. And so uh, uh, as, as often as they can, uh, Jason and Laney is going to join us and bring ideas from, from their experience and their church in as we talk about these things. And we're also going to be inviting guests to come in. I've already had some folks ask if they could come and join us. And so uh, we're going to uh, do that, get other perspective, and uh, uh, be involved in that. So we're glad to have um, Jason and Laney Jones from uh, Isabella Baptist Church uh, be with us. Uh, they're going to put this uh, on their uh, Facebook uh, page so that their church and those that are associated with that will be able to pick it up and it'll be on our uh, YouTube and Facebook page and other means that we'll be able to get it out there on media. Great, fun times. Welcome. There, This is not really planned, so I kind of have a, I always have a starting idea that I kind of start with just so that we at least start in one direction before we start taking off all the down the different rabbit trails. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, so Kind of um, wrapping in from last week's session, we talked about um, Christianity from a, um, you know, why, why, why did God choose to create the world and everything? So how did that fit in? And then that kind of led us down to, you know, biblical prophecy and how important it is that we, especially in Western culture, appropriately look at biblical prophecy because it's so important, especially... Um, in the times in which we find ourselves living in, which I, I've, I've grown up listening to you talk about, you know, whatever, it's the end times, whether it happens during our lifetime or not. But I was reading a... We've always been in the end times. We've always been in the end times. That's right. It's once Jesus came and rose and went to heaven, that commenced right. our end times, uh, kind of looking forward to. And it's so funny, I was reading... Um, Today, just as an aside, I guess we have already gone down the rap trail. Um, I was reading um, 
Agents of Babylon, <laughs> uh, which is on the book of Daniel. It's written by David Jeremiah. And um, reading, I had gotten to the end of it. I've read it several times, and I, I, I get more and more out of it. But he was his, his kind of notes at the end was like, it's really the beginning. You know, we talk about the end times because we don't understand what the next, you know, what leveling up as a Christian means, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, and what, what is the next going to look like? But it's really, this is the end of our human time, but it's the beginning of eternity. So, you know, having to flip that switch on, on how we, we look at things. So thinking of that, I think that's how, that kind of points to how we see things. And we can't help but see things from our perspective. That's our point of view. But how do we as Christians appropriately view history? And I think I've heard you preach on this several times, Dad, and I'm sure I've heard Jason preach on it before. But it's taught we kind of treat the Bible like it's a fairy tale book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once like upon it's no a time. relevant. Right. It's, like once upon a time, long, long time right, ago in a faraway anymore. land. Right. And yeah, it, it does a disservice, especially to our youth, because they don't have, they're in most oftentimes a school that is not going to teach from a Christian perspective. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do the youth understand that Alexander the Great happened at the same time that the intertestament period happened? You know, things like that. And like that, these, these things we learn about in school are actually part of our biblical history, but our Bible really points to one story that happened during history. And so just, just how important <coughs> it is for us as parents and leaders and everything to really zoom in on, don't look at it from, a, from just a historical long time ago, far, far away. Uh, one of the problems I see, I don't know if the problem is the right word to see is, is, is our, our methodology, the way we do things. Sunday school, <clears throat> is a generally in most of our churches all that i know of is an all-volunteer program and so we have 30 or 45 minutes and we go in and look and most of the folks that are teaching that don't have um, education on putting together the pieces of the puzzle they've got the piece they've got in front of them but they don't, they don't have the full scope of the piece. They, they don't necessarily see. Um, I may pull up, because I've had that opportunity, uh, to know that when Abraham lived, that the code of ethics that he was living by was given through the first Babylonian period and the fellow lived there called Hammurabi. Right. And, and I can intersect those two and see that living history that was going on there. But if you're teaching... As a, as a teacher in a class with 14 and 15 year olds that are bouncing off the walls, you, you, to be able to put that in place may be a problem. And then when I stand up to preach and I'm preaching on that subject, I've got, <clears throat> I may have 45 minutes to preach, but I've got about 15 minutes of attention mm -hmm. to get a point across. Yeah. Now I'm enjoying the rest of the 30 minutes but I don't have anybody or very few folks with me. And so I've got, my, my, my responsibility is to try to carry a main point across. So there's a gap there. I mean, it's very difficult to teach that, that, that the struggle between the biblical point yeah. and yeah. the historical because and social like, point. Like you're saying, when you're preaching, we as preachers, we need to give the historical background of what we're preaching but it's just a blip 
on the uh, the radar screen because, like you said, our people might only retain, I mean, it's statistic, mm -hmm. 15 to 20 percent of what is heard. And even though that historical context is, you know, very crucial sometimes to really understanding that text, like uh, just instance, uh, Jesus, when uh, he looks at the uh, Pharisees and calls them whitewashed tombs. Mm -hmm. Standing behind Jesus was a mountain or a cliff with tombs Tomb. in it. You wonder, well, where did Jesus get that? <laughs> well, it was, right it, it, was, it was right there. <laughs> but a lot of people, when they read that, if they don't have a, a study Bible or mm -hmm. commentaries or, 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 or a background information on the history of the Old Testament or New Testament, mm -hmm. uh, most people are not going to go to Bible college or seminary right. unless you know they're going to make themselves study it on their own. So a lot of that is missed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just so important. And I started, I personally started, um, I, I've always, I, I, it, important to me, not important, interesting, I reckon, is a better term for me. So I do a lot of my own studying. But I started teaching our college and career class a couple of years ago. And so we started trying to, I, you know, I would challenge them, find something, okay, this is the point in time we're studying on. Y'all go try to find some things in history. And that's what kind of got their attention. And yeah, I think that, that we, it's, if we, can, if we can get that spark lit that way, yeah. like Jason, I, I would think from going to seminary and, and getting, an, an, you know, expanding on, you know, your knowledge, your basic knowledge, and what you could do it would be able, allow you to, to maybe hit on some of those topics that might, we might even miss just trying to mm -hmm. search it on our own because you, it's hard to find. I have found this good reference material that is written in a language that is understand. right, yeah. understandable Anybody? and interesting. Right. I mean, like, I've borrowed some of Dad's reference materials before. And it, it's quite They boring. dry. Uh, uh, unless <laughs> you're just a... Uh, a history nerd, and, <laughs> right. and, and mm -hmm. that's the thing that turns your crank. I mean, just a case in point, I, over the last uh, three weeks, not this past Sunday, but I preached through the book of Philemon. Mm -hmm. And most people read it, okay, what's this about, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, this is about a slave owner, mm -hmm. a runaway slave. You mean the Bible is condoning slavery? No. Mm -hmm. But what people need to realize is... Uh, Slavery was a practice in the Roman Empire. This, you get that background material. At least one-third of the population during the time Philemon was written was slaves. And some people look at it, well, why didn't Paul address the slavery issue? Well, Paul was addressing the main thing which would make the institution of slavery crumble in the first place, which is the gospel. Mm -hmm. Philemon, this is now your brother in Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. Onesimus, you ran away. According to Roman law, you broke the law. You need to go back. And there needs to be reconciliation. If there's true reconciliation there, guess what happens? Philemon not only forgives his brother his debt, he now accepts him as a brother in Christ. And if he accepts him as a brother in Christ, guess what? He's more than likely going to release him as being a slave. He's going to free him. And guess what did that? It wasn't a social justice movement. It was the gospel, you know, that made that happen. But again, it goes back to historical context. Why was there slavery? Well, that was the time, you know, why didn't Jesus and the disciples just blaze out there and try to destroy slavery? Because they wouldn't have got nothing accomplished. Right. Mm -hmm. What he was trying to accomplish is, here is the medicine. Here's the cure for mm -hmm. any social ill. It starts with me. I'm the truth that will deal with that.
which is the, always the struggle. That, and you see that in our church, in our denomination today. Do you attack the issue from the outside? Do you try to, to, to attack the institution or do you attack it from the inside? That's right. And, it's, and a it's, a, it's a hard issue, yeah. And, and unfortunately, folks get blinded and they start trying to deal with the outside mm -hmm. issues. And it looks, because there's so much pressure from the world to deal with these outside yes. issues. And, and it takes longer to deal with the inside mm -hmm. issues. Not really, I mean, it, you never solve them with right. doing the outside, but it appears like you're doing something when you're, when you're dealing with these outside issues. But until you deal with the heart issue, yeah. you, you'll never solve the problems. And right. so that's what the Bible is about, is dealing with the heart issues. Yeah. But as one thing he was said there, don't forget, just because the Bible mentions an issue, like in the, in the Old Testament, where folks had more than one wife. Yes. They, just because the Bible says a person in the past, and he may say something positive about that person, and also say that he has more than one wife, that's not saying the Bible says it's okay to have more than right. one wife. Just, just because the Bible mentions something, it's just given a historical fact. The context of whatever's happening is going on. It is, is as crucial to, 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 to how you deal yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles is basically the same thing, mm -hmm. but coming from two different perspectives. Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny, I was l listening to one of the podcasts I like to listen to this week and the topic of slavery came up and one of the people had, I guess, written in, or I can't remember how it came up. He was talking about, well, Paul did deal with slavery in his letters to the churches because he said, everyone in your house come and read this letter. And he would write these letters, and that meant everyone. Yeah. And so that's why these, these Jews that were trying to convert, and the ones that had converted and that were living in these Gentile cities, and they were just... Um, appalled that everyone in the house sat at the same table to eat together and that everyone in the house sat down and listened to the letter from the slave to whoever the homeowner was because you didn't do that in this culture that wasn't the culture that but that is how the early christian churches um were changing their their communities because they would have these you know uh a person from Ephesus come in that Ephesus was on the um, the commercial route and they were, these traders come in were like in silk and purple dye and all this kind of stuff and they would sit down and they were used to being waited upon and they had to go get their own meal <laughs> because the, the person the slave who would normally be serving that meal on this Lord's Day was there to learn as well mm -hmm. and I and I think what a good what a good um, message for the church today Plus just to like teach Galatians that. says, there's neither male nor female, slave nor free, Greek nor Jew. You know, mm -hmm. we're all one in, in Christ. That's and right. again, it's the gospel that breaks down those, those, those barriers. That's those right. Those right. barriers. You don't, you, you it's like medicine. You don't treat a disease from, you know, the outside in. You, treat, you may have to treat those symptoms mm -hmm. so that you are more comfortable, but the, the resolution yeah. of that disease happens from internal. We're good at knocking the, the sin fruit off, mm -hmm. but that fruit's going to come back in some shape or form right. you don't get to the root. until you get to the root, the root. of the That's issue. Right. That's right. And the gospel's the only thing that gets to the root. That's right. Um, I know we've been talking a lot about, um, so we're working through the book of Daniel um, on Sunday mornings. We started a couple of weeks ago. So we're really Bless you. getting into, we're getting, getting into, deep Babylon. yeah, we're getting into to the culture yep. and uh, what it is 
like being a a, not a whole lot different from today. And and, and <laughs> this is, and this is what's so interesting to me is that I call westernized culture especially and, and that's just cuz I live in the west, you know, I live in America and and it's different in Europe than it is in in the United States of America, but man, we are Babylonian culture mm -hmm. all day long. Mm -hmm. We we worship we may not worship a golden image, you know, or we may not worship this, that, and the other, but we've got a lot of gods that we put um, ahead of of the one true God, the most high God. So I think, how come do you think it is so difficult to, to merge the teachings of Daniel and what he's trying to bring up? Because he's trying, I mean, that's what this whole book is about. And modernize that for a Western palate, you know, something that they're going to sit there because people don't have uncomfortable conversations. They get there's two reactions to uncomfortable conversations: anger and dismissiveness. There's there, there's no openness in our culture now, and to to really have these conversations, you're going to have to be open. So, how does the regular Christian, the 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 person who's just out living their life, but they want to be effective? How do you have that that merging of what you know and and Daniel was such a diplomat, really? When you really study Daniel, he was a diplomat, and how he talked to, to Nebuchadnezzar, especially to begin with, he didn't say, you know, I'm not worshiping your God, I'm not doing this. You know, he started out building a relationship with him. So, of course, relationship built. I guess I'm trying to answer the question for you. So go ahead. You were answering the question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's the, the, the answer to any sharing of the gospel with any person as a general rule is you have to have a connection first. You have to spend some time. That person has to know that you're invested in them, that you care about them. You guys are young. I'm old. I, I was raised in a whole different era and a time. And uh, really... Most of our evangelism was devoid of truly caring for that person. We cared, I suppose, for their soul and where they was going to spend enough to get time. them saved. Enough to get them saved, and and that was the problem. Mm -hmm. We got them saved, but we didn't disciple them. We did. Our job was get them saved and get to the next one. Get them saved and get to the next one. Get get enough <laughs> numbers on the board so when we get back and we talk with somebody else. We had witnessed this many folks and this many, and my, our name was had a check by it, and we'd done our job, and we'd done our job better than you'd done your job. And, and that, that's got us into a lot of problems today with folks that I believe inside the church that think they're saved that may not be saved. Well, it's allowed them to separate church from their everyday lives. Mm -hmm. You know, for such a long time, it seems like everybody you were raised to go to church mm -hmm. and you were raised to know that there was a God and that you needed to be saved and that you didn't want to go to hell but then we lost how to immerse the Christian lifestyle into our lives mm -hmm. to, to take our relationship with Jesus and make it permeate through everything that we do mm -hmm. we divided to where we kept church at church and we kept life over here and the only time the two met was on Sunday mornings when we went to service and for the the everyday Christian who sees that and who's, you know, 
I'm going to say like us, who tries to to have so to have it blended, to have that surrendered life. Um, you you miss like we've missed that point there. But then um, with Daniel, like trying to tie it back to him, he was in, God put him in such a special position, and I think He um, walked him through so finely step by step in order to to carry out the plan that he had for him which was going to be such a unique um, situation that not just anybody or or any Jew or you know anybody could have just filled but you know that's just how God works he puts us there at the the right time for such a time Mm -hmm. as this and um, he just had the right things to say I feel like God walked him through Mm -hmm every step of every encounter that he was able to have with Nebuchadnezzar in order to build that trust. And that's like what you're saying. We ha- The first thing we have to do is, is open that relationship, mm-hmm. and we have to give people a reason to trust us, mm-hmm. to oh, trust yes. that what we're going to tell them <clears throat> is truth mm-hmm. and that it is out of love, even when it has to be corrective or a little painful to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to allow the Holy Spirit in that. I mean, it's not us, it's the Holy Spirit. And that's what it was. With, with God was going before mm-hmm. Daniel. He was preparing the heart of Nebuchadnezzar. He was preparing the heart of what was the guy that uh, was his over him when he first came in that allowed Ariot. him. Uh, Ariot was the guard, uh, the, the executioner. Uh, the, um, uh, the, I can't remember his name now, but... Uh, it slips my mind, but he was the one that would let him eat vegetables and not mm-hmm. the other stuff. Anyhow, uh, God was preparing, and, and God's the same God. Right. And if we're to meet at these folks out here, we've got to let him go before us mm-hmm. and prepare those hearts. And that's part of that time is getting to know those folks right. and, and letting them and know. The, we- and the thing is, we don't see God going before. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at, you know, we're talking about history a little bit. I mean, look at the history of the Bible. Joseph sold into slavery. Mm-hmm. That didn't look good. Mm-mm. Well, and we look but back then, on it, and we see the hand of God yeah, in every moment. But, but when Joseph was going no, through did. that moment, he, he wasn't did. going, yeah. oh, God, I see you up yeah. there. I know this is what you've That's got right. planned for but me. Then, I mean, he was walking through those hard times. Through the plan of God, the providence of God, and again, relationship. God's a God of relationship, so he expects mm-hmm. us to be able, uh, He becomes second command. Why? Uh, the Egyptian Pharaoh right. trusted him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you move, you move on down a little bit, you know, with Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even though... Nebuchadnezzar threw those three guys into the fiery furnace. They were never disrespectful. Oh, King, we, mm-hmm. we can't do that. But God was working on them for such a time as this. Get a little bit past them when the Persians come into power and you have uh, Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. The reason the Persian king allowed Nehemiah and some back to go back to Jerusalem because there was a trust, trust issue. Mm-hmm. There was a relationship, you know, with him. And, and, and Nehemiah knew kind of... Here's another historical content. He was putting his neck on the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, the king could have had him killed for, yeah. for that Just simple request. Mm-hmm. But he, because they had that relationship, you go. Mm-hmm. And, so. and you can't, in real time, you can't always see that. You have to have faith. You have to have trust. I mean, we look back and see the story completed. Mm-hmm. That's what Laney was saying. And in real time, you don't get to see that. Yeah. So you've just got to trust when you're at work and somebody seems to have a hard shell around their heart or they, 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 they're not going where we think they ought to go. you just got to trust That's right. that if, if God has put that person in your space, if he's put them, you know, in, in that place, he's preparing, he's preparing that and, and you've just got to be faithful and say, okay, God, and if you get thrown in jail, 
we may not get literally thrown in jail, but if it gets to be a hard spot, mm -hmm. don't get angry or bitter or hard. Just try to say, I don't know how God, but you're at work. And, and God does his best work sometimes when it's tough on his folks. So mm -hmm. that, that's what, that's, and of course, Mandy has talked about that already and we've talked, that's what's so hard for us in our westernized Christianity, especially us that have had it so easy for so long. Yeah. We see anything that has any pain or anything that has any difficulty, difficulty as that can't be a, that can't be God. That can't be God's will no. because it's, it's too right. hard. He'd make it easier yeah, for me. Yeah, wrapped up all in it do. is the will of God. God yeah. I, I mean, you think about it. If God spared not his son mm -hmm. from suffering, what makes us think that we're going to be exempt? And, and I know some of that um, is not our fault in a sense. We got a lot of false prophets on the airwaves, mm -hmm. false prophets writing books yep. that health and wealth, prosperity. Mm -hmm. um, and whoever's listening, that is totally anti-gospel, anti-Bible, anti-God. Right. Um, God, you mean to tell me that a loving God would allow suffering? Absolutely, he will. Um, Paul writes an amazing verse in Romans 8. All things work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Not, not all things are good. Things are good. That's right. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Most are not. And God didn't cause them to happen. But God right. can and allows. will use any or all circumstance mm -hmm. for his purpose, for his glory, but in that it's for our good. Mm -hmm. It might seem painful for a season, mm -hmm. But as Elizabeth Elliot said in her book, suffering is never for nothing. That's God right. always has a glorious purpose. And one day, that suffering, Paul says, we'll look back on it when we're in glory. It was nothing but a light affliction. Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. To what it's going to pay off, mm -hmm. you know, for one of these days. I, I do think us in, in America, especially since we're in America, we have no idea. And that's why we don't know how to take suffering. Yeah. You know, you look at the how how quickly the church in China has expanded and has grown, and and and, it, and I read an article in I don't remember if it was the Christian Post or or something like that. Talk and the missionary that was talking, he was like, "It is because we suffer." Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's like, "We have grown and gather the flock in because we suffer and we know how to suffer." But he also said he feared for the Church of America. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Because even, I mean, even the Church of America grows more under persecution mm -hmm. than it ever has in such freedom that we've had yeah, now. That's right. Um, and that, is, that in itself is hard to swallow because mm -hmm. none of us want to just say, oh, you know. Listen, lay it on us, Yeah, Lord. lay it on us, Lord, <laughs> no. so the church will grow. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we don't go around asking for those no. kinds of pains. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other hand, we know that in those times, um, God has shown in the past that he is, he is faithful to grow his church in those hard times. Mm -hmm. um, and you if know, he's done it then. The thing we miss historically far as, you know, this is a little detour for the United States of America. We forget what those Christians went through yes. just to get here. Right. Yeah. The persecution, um, mm -hmm. losing all their property. Uh, you know, jail time, some of them losing their head. I mean, this is before the country was established, right. just trying to get Di to Dying it. to get here. Dying mm -hmm. to get here. And it's like I, I was listening to, um, I think it was Paul Washer back in 2008. We look at them and we think, well, people, well, they just died for their faith. They just died loving Jesus. Yeah, but they were always branded mm -hmm. as an enemy of the state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were always branded as a troublemaker, you know, you know, made not to look good. And he said, are you willing 
you know, for that to happen, you know, to, and these people who established this, I mean, they did. And I mean, the signers of the Declaration of Independence, not all of them were Christian. I believe right. they believed in um, Judeo-Christian principles, right. but there was a lot of them who were genuine believers. But every one of them that signed their name on that document, mm -hmm. guess what they were signing? Um, I might lose my family. I might lose all my wealth. I might even lose all my life. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we don't, we don't, we don't get that. We don't understand it, or at the very least, we don't appreciate that. Right. And, I, and I'm thankful for the freedoms that I have. I'm thankful that I don't have to worry worry about that. But God has given us a window mm -hmm. to use this opportunity to get the good news to as many people here and around the globe as we can. And, and uh, if God didn't establish this nation for nothing else, it's, it's because we got the largest, you know, one of the largest missionary forces in the world, mm -hmm. you know, but we it's, can't take it for granted or be You gone. sure can't. And it's really, in, in the most, to me, how Daniel was able to, of course he was favored by God, but in Daniel chapter 1, he says in, in verse 8 that, uh, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And I think that's what, so Daniel, Daniel made a commitment mm -hmm. and he made a decision. And we are so in Western society, so quick to break a commitment mm -hmm. and so quick to change our mind. And so quick to say, this works for me. Oh, this doesn't work for me. Let's try this. And oh, this doesn't work for me. And let's try this. That, you know, that, that purposing within yourself, that this is the pathway before you is very foreign. To us nowadays, um, it's very. I mean, and just think about. Okay, you take your your child wants to play this sport. Oh, they didn't like it. Say, so let's put them in this sport. Oh, they didn't like it. And I don't have a kid, so it's easy for me to say. Um, and they didn't like it, so they had. So they play. And I think we create this internal struggle on how we. If things aren't comfortable, then we'll just change them. Yeah. And I think our our culture has gotten so wrapped up in that. To now, that's where this whole idea of well. Um, if it's what makes me happy, if it's what, you know, what I feel like I should do for myself, then mm -hmm. who's to tell me that that's wrong? Yeah. Um, and so dangerous. Yes, and but it's rampant. But it's slow. It's, I mean, you know, we we were having a discussion with Marshall about that this afternoon, home from church. You know, we, you know, um, we had a, a guest preacher today, and um, you know, we had some people, you know, get saved or you know, affirm their salvation, and Marshall was one of them that came forward uh, mm -hmm. this morning. And, uh, you know, he, he's, you know, was talking about, you know, why do some people do this? I don't understand. We don't do that. <clears throat> and it goes along kind of, you know, that what purpose. Daniel said. We have purposed in our heart. We're not doing it out of obligation, so to speak. We're doing it because we love our Lord. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, we love our Savior. We're indebted to him and what he has done, to, done for us. And we're not, we're not doing it as if he's cracking a whip. If you don't do this, you know, I'm going to just... We're not you. doing it to just check off a box saying, we oh, do it check, out of love. I got it off mm -hmm. my Just as, you know, if you have a child, when you ask them to do something, this is the rules mm -hmm. in our house. They do it because they respect and love you. And that's the same way that, you know, we feel about it. We've made a purpose in our heart. We're going to do X, Y, and Z because we love Jesus. Right. And we're not going to compromise that. And uh, there's a lot of people that will not do that. Um, right. Even though they may be... Christian, you know, nominal, you know, yeah. or, you know, uh, babes in Christ, so to speak, you know, they're going to compromise here and there. There's just, there's non-negotiables in our home that we're not going to you know, back down from. That's right. Maybe in one of our episodes soon, we'll talk about what, what it is to be saved and what a 
what a Christian life looks mm -hmm. like. I, I don't want to say what a true Christian life right. looks like because you either have a Christian life or you don't. Mm -hmm. And so we'll, we'll, maybe we'll look at what a true Christian looks like. Well, and wrapping this one up, well, oh, I, I have a saying that, that I'm sure I didn't make up. I'm sure I've heard it and I just say it. And it's God is uh, more interested in our holiness than he is our happiness. Absolutely. And we, we're, we get too interested in our happiness. Mm -hmm. God's interested in our holiness, right, and that, right. that's what He's. It's about for us. And that was Tozer, probably or some of those. I, I thought about A.W. Tozer too, when those. he was yeah, saying, yeah. you know, that uh, we could take so much from Daniel. It's still relevant today, and like we've read several Tozer books just in our uh, church, and the error that he was writing in sounds just as like as if, if he was yeah. writing today, and mm -hmm. he never would have thought that we would be no. in well, God's word's position. always relevant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's that, nothing new under the sun. That's, I think that's what it's what so... <laughs> what it's so interesting when you try to tell people, and you get a book like Daniel, and it is, I mean, it's just as relevant mm -hmm. today as it was when it was, you know... It speaks on at, a personal level. 538 B.C., yeah. you know, yeah. it's just as relevant. It speaks on a personal level, governmental level, mm -hmm. religious level. It speaks on all of those levels. It, it, it and really prophetical. Does. I mean, we're going to be doing... But I'm before I get to prophetical, we're going to speak on personal... Mm -hmm. uh, governmental. Governmental. We're going to speak on these other levels before we go mm -hmm. to prophetical because mm -hmm. if it doesn't speak to us first, the other doesn't matter. Yeah. That's right. Well, interesting conversation. I've thought of several other questions that we could... I could do this for like the next two hours. It wouldn't be a problem. Just bringing up topics and, and getting a little more opportunity to, to deep dive into it. But um, that's going to be it for tonight. Thank you, um, Jason and Lainey, for coming. And I look forward to more of these episodes and um, seeing what we can glean from um, our personal experiences and how we, our point of view, I think it's really important, especially, like you said, for the for new Christians and Christians that are uncertain how to, to navigate these times that we live in, that, that we have some just realistic talks about what life is like, you know, in our communities and, and how, how can we navigate the, these times. And so we appreciate that. Um, if you have questions, we, we, we do want to answer things that are relevant to those who um, join us um, virtually for these conversations. So please be sure to, to let one of us know. You can email us at abcworth1 at, is it Gmail? At gmail.com. So I've got, I'm very, Dale Lackey is our producer and he tries to keep me on track and he didn't have the words up he on the screen for me. I know he had the words up on the screen for me last week, but abcworth1 at gmail.com is our email address and you can drop your comments and your questions or topics that you would like us to discuss more there. And or if you see any of us out and about, if you're at Isabella, you can give them to Jason and Laney, or you can give them to me and I'll get them. It may not be all of us all the time. We have other people who want to participate, but um, we do enjoy um, having these talks and hope you enjoy it as much as we have. Thank you and we will see you next week. So thank you for joining us with Truth Talk. If you'd like to email in questions, you can do that at abcworth1 at gmail.com. That's abcworth1 at gmail.com. Join us next time when we talk truth.